Some films are mediocre Some films aren't good or bad Some films won't win an Oscar Globe, BAFTA, or a SAG You like those flicks? Come get your fix In a podcast called Mixed Bag Kia ora! And welcome to the return of Mixed Bag da, 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 da. Where we review the mixed, muddled, meh, and mediocre movies of film history. I'm Charlotte. I'm Harry O. And I'm Little G. Uh, well, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> if this is your first time listening, those aren't actually our names. But we're not going to tell you what our real names are, so you're going to have to go back and listen to the back catalogue to work yeah. that out. Um, Over yeah. 50 plus episodes Exactly. Now. You've got just so much to choose from. So this. many different types of films. Yeah. And if you're in Auckland, you have all the time Exactly, in the world. you have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that probably transitions us straight into how's everybody been going? <laughs> it's been a little bit of a time since we last spoke to you listeners. Um, yeah. It's our new segment, The Lady Peer Report. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Lady P has returned. Right. Lady Pandemic herself. Um, and the last time we recorded, we were like a day or two away from us yeah. finding out that there was a community we were, case. I think our most recent episode came out a couple of days before the entirety of New Zealand was plunged back into level four lockdown, mm. um, which previously uh, we had sort of we'd done some recordings through lockdown um in we 2020 doing, yeah we switched week. the weekly schedule mm. um except that we did not have the foresight to give a microphone to matt no. this time and we couldn't really <laughs> you know come out of our bubbles that much. Yeah. yeah so uh and also i think like the first lockdown there was this like drive to like we knew, make work and, i think there was also like we yeah. knew it was coming because we were like oh we're pretty sure something's going to happen where we're going to be locked down let's give matt a microphone just in case and it mm, was all sorted true, and yeah. it was ready uh, like we this, didn't do that this time it was very yeah. sudden and this lockdown mm. There wasn't as much drive to, you know, put out content, and so we just which I think is good. People don't want to see all of your your lockdown content unless it's got an actual artistic, you know, sort of uh, drive behind it, rather than just something to fill your time. Yeah, just just play video games or watch TV. Yeah, Mm. make make some bread. And and to discuss all those things, (laughs) time for our pop corner. Pop 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 corner. Smells yeah. lovely, that beautiful, mm, that beautiful popcorn. Mm. Mm. So what has everyone been up to uh, during so, this time? I mean, James and I have had a lot of shared pop cultural experiences, as we always do. Um, mm. But there's a big one, which we had had a, as a bit of a blind spot for the two of us that we go. sought to, uh, to redress during the lockdown period. And that was... Our old pal Tony Soprano. Oh, oh Maron. Oh, Maron. Uh, we've been uh, catching up with that most recent <laughs> of uh, television series. Yeah, 1999's Nineteen ninety nine's The Sopranos. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, it's just, you know, it's good. It's one of the. <laughs> yeah. It's a good show. Hot take. It's Hot good. take. The Sopranos. Good show. It's kind of, yeah, obviously held up as one of those like signature kind of TV shows. Yeah. Uh, along with like, yeah, like b- before like Mad Men and stuff like that, with like looking at that kind of character. Kind of the based. grandfather of the Golden Age. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. It's really that sort of game changing, you know, mm. so many things have become old hat now mm. that were very, you know, revolutionary for their time in terms yeah. of television writing. But I think thematically it went deeper than most shows at that time mm. it was just like you know like the good shows are like say the west wing or um yeah. nypd blue which were like well made mm. but singularly focused shows but really um you know 
address things like existentialism and mm. uh, different things that concern the <laughs> human heart. Yeah. Yeah. And like, <laughs> the and human condition. Plums the, the psychology of yeah. A lot of really fantastic, fantastically written and acted characters throughout. Uh, we've just been enjoying how funny it is. It um, is quite because, funny, Because yeah. uh, I feel like if you're a person who, like us, was perhaps born in the 90s and didn't was not really old enough to be watching The Sopranos mm. when its first airing happened, um, then I would recommend that you, you jump in and watch it. Um, but yeah, one thing that you might not expect, which James and I did not expect, is that is a, there's a lot of really humorous parts of it. Like, yeah. it's very dark as well, obviously. But there's there's a lot of, like, really funny stuff, particularly, like, a lot of dramatic irony and laughing at yeah. Tony and his associates who are very unself-aware characters a lot of the time mm. um, and, yeah, getting a sense of... Um, yeah, the viewer as knowing a little bit more than, than what the characters are necessarily. Um, and you guys are up to understand. what? Uh, Almost finished season, season four. Oh, the season four finale, Whitecaps. Oh, one Ooh. of the best. One of the best. Oh. But I think about two episodes away from the finale. Yeah, so it's like, you know how, how the Mad Men has like the suitcase as, yeah. as the episode. Iconic, Whitecaps is, is the Sopranos episode. Oh, cool. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't feel as like, you know, because around about this time, a little bit later is like The Wire and like The Shield of like these, sh- and like the, I guess The West Wing as well, although I haven't seen that one. But those other two like feel like very important. And having seen The Wire, it's like very much like, there's moments of humor, but it's very much like, ah, this is this very is a gritty, serious. important kind of mm. show. And it's really refreshing to see that, you know, The Sopranos can make fun of itself and these kind of characters. They are constantly, throughout the first, like, um, one or two seasons, like, referencing that... Um, the Godfather? That, yeah, these, <laughs> yeah, these mobsters are obsessed with Scarface, the Godfather, yeah. like, how they're portrayed in movies. The because cu- you would, The right? culture references are also wide-ranging. Like, yeah. I'm very, like, amused by all, all the different references they throw out, which are very <laughs> amusing. Um, I've also been catching up because I saw James tweet about it. And I was like, oh, I haven't watched The Sopranos in so long. I mean, I grew up with The Sopranos. My, my dad watched The Sopranos, but didn't let me watch it, really, because I guess the sex scenes, I'm not too sure. He it's also ma- some violence. Yeah, maybe, but, but, but violence, like, I don't but, think he yeah. had a problem with making I you watch I feel like violence. a lot of parents have that thing where yeah. they're like, oh, violence is fine, other, but right? sex, oh. Yeah. yeah, but I did watch it when I was like, you know, old. I mean, I, I watched also Sex in the City at that time. Famously, I mistook Carrie Underwood for Carrie Bradshaw in front of my auntie, and then that's how she found out that, that you're I... watching Sex and City. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been watching as well, not um, as regularly because I'm I'm doing a season on and then a season of another show, then a season off, so I can I can I can miss the characters even for a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. Like, um, yeah, and it's been fun fun watching the show, and it's it's really rewarding and some characters i didn't care for i'm like living for now yeah poverty yeah Yeah. (laughs) um yeah no it's fun nice um so i I feel like i've got a few but i think we'll all just sort of take turns offering something to the pop corner and then we can maybe go back for another cycle but um what what else have you been watching well i guess one of the main things i've been doing is I've, i've i have been watching a lot of tv um the emmys are coming up tomorrow I think. Damn. Wow. Yeah, so I've been just catching up with the, the Emmy-nominated seasons. Um, and honestly, a, a huge mixed bag of, of seasons. I'm currently watching Lovecraft Country, which has been ca- cancelled mm. for the rest of its duration. Yeah, but but I had, like, a, you know, made a, a splash last year, and I'm enjoying it. It's wild. It's wild. It's sci-fi. It's black history. And it's uh, it's really cool. I mean, it's messy, but there's a lot of things there that are really enjoyable, um, and I think you guys will enjoy it. It's 
it's just like a mashup of different things and i haven't seen a uh a black story focused on uh these things and also you know use this approach before so it's really cool um i've also been watching um uh hacks with gene smart which is really funny um i really like it um pen 15 season two is really good um flight attendant b plus show it's okay (laughs) (laughs) um and pose season three the final season I, I, my problem with it's a weird show because somehow it's it's very after school special very ryan murphy really unbelievable and like it's just so much but like because it's so revolutionary just existing and seeing these actors act out the story it, it sort of transcends that cheesiness sometimes that it's mm. just like oh it's it's good in spite of what it is you it's know? Like, like it's just enough good moments that it's yeah. worth kind of sitting through the not so good thing exactly or, yeah. because if this was any if this wasn't focused on you know a, a people who were never represented before this would be a really bad show <laughs> it's just a lot of unbelievable wish fulfillment like lots of like IRL moments that are just like unbelievable but yeah there's a rawness to the quality that these actors bring who a lot of them weren't very professional before or like this is like one of their first leading gigs as mm. as actors and it's 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 still got something special um so that was fun and yeah i think i think my takeaways um the the three things i would recommend are lovecraft country hacks and um pen 15 season two of course i'm still my my ultimate recommendation obviously ted lasso all the time mm. and i've, so I've yet been part of the backlash for it that's been oh i mean happening lately, i feel but... like that was inevitable because it's such a, a positive show yeah. it's not going to be for everyone every big show is going to face backlash mm. inevitably yeah. um and some shows deserve it game of thrones um and some some you know like it just you know in the moment uh, you there is a lot of ammo to like kind of take something that's really popular and critically adored so mm. especially if it's a tv series it's not just a movie where it's just like one thing and you're like done mm. it's just like a continuing thing so and maybe i can change my mind in season two and be like it sucks now but um i don't think i will mm. i've heard really good things Tip about alive. season two yeah, yeah. Awesome. I have not been keeping up with that yet, but I'm very, very keen to um, because love that first season. So good. Yeah. All right. Your turn, James. Okay. Let me consult my list. Aha. Yes. Um, okay. You guys just... got to give me another turn after this because I, I was just saying we'd do one at a time. Oh. <laughs> I think that was me, honestly. I just condensed everything into the one. Um, uh, I want to shout out the concept of reading. Um, oh, what is that? No, there's a specific Books, literature. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Over like heard of it? Yeah. <laughs> I actually read. Um, yeah. Over lockdown, I uh, was like, oh, I have a ton of books on my shelf um, that I'll be keen to uh, read. And specifically, I um, I kind of realized I have like this weird relationship with the fantasy genre where I really, I don't know, like good fantasy is just so kind of addictive and um, Mm. exciting. Whereas uh, sometimes I don't always like fully resonate with that, like more traditional, like hero's journey, like Tolkien or like Narnia, the one where it's like more archetypal kind of characters, but like the whole like 
fantasy kind of world is really exciting uh, to me. And uh, over lockdown, I had uh, two wonderful uh, connection points to that. One of which I think maybe is mentioned before uh, is I got more into the world of Terry Pratchett, uh, which I had been familiar with as a child, but had not really read as many books as I actually kind of thought like my brother would describe these books but I would not actually read them I don't know why but my level mm. of engagement just wasn't as strong as it is now so I've been having a wonderful time with it's been hooning these guys yeah he's been getting through them so, so fast uh, love it uh, <laughs> moving pictures which is Terry Pratchett's like riff on the hollow wood or Hollywood um which crops oh, up I got it um I got it <laughs> I think it's the Hollywood Hollywood sorry and so it's, uh, um, things go bad for the mysterious people that build things there a weird sisters which is his big um play on uh Shakespeare and the three witches which obviously those characters kind of continue but that was his it's not actually his first version equal rights is his first one with the with witches which, well that's right. wizards that are female. oh okay yeah oh yeah uh, um and what's the other big one? Oh, going postal um which is like setting up of uh the this kind of postal system with this con man called Ludwig von Moist von Lipwig. Moist von Lipwig. Yeah, he is uh fantastic. Um and Cass has put in her like special two cents around which one she really connects yeah. with. As a as a long-term Pratchett fan, I've just been giving James different recommendations being like, okay, so if you like this one, then this is mm. the next one you should yeah. go with. Because uh, mm. you're a big fan of the ones that are like set up kind Stand of Standalones are great. Um, Things yeah. about technologies yeah. in the land I'm currently are reading good. The Truth, which is setting up of the newspapers mm. uh, in, in the Discworld. If you don't know the Discworld, it is um, very well known, but uh, his, uh, it's all an uh, interconnected kind of universe um, where it is a world that is on a disc on four elephants uh, along this a gigantic turtle that like flies through space um and it is so much fun because uh it's like super both super playful and then it's kind of that thing you were saying about like pose where you like get like lulled into this kind of environment and then it will just like hit you with um a surprising amount of like uh emotion or like heartbreak at, at certain kind of points um that there is a lot of so much fondness for these characters that it can kind of surprise you that you're reading this eerie thing and it was like Oof. especially with some of his later kind of works the the earlier ones are more just like this fun kind of romp which is also um great fun as well um also talking about uh kind of um playing on the more emotional side of fantasy is Susanna Clarke's Piranesi. Welcome back to the podcast, Piranesi. Yeah, um, which uh, I, I sought out uh, over lockdown, which is just such a fantastic kind of read. Um, Cass has kind of talked about it before, but um, absolutely recommend going in as blind as possible. Uh, it is just about a figure that wanders through a world full of statues and water and seaweed. And um, yeah, just the 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 kind of the the world building within the story is just so rich uh and exciting and in such a like a a sparse like um functional kind of manner and such a also you're talking about optimism this optimistic um protagonist that is so exciting to kind of connect with so highly recommend Piranesi um and it just won the uh female writers like women uh, writers uh, kind of award i don't remember what the name um, of the award is but it did win a big award it's yeah. pretty, a big famous one so i'm super <laughs> super stoked for susanna clark because it's she uh, her first novel um the um jonathan strange and mr yeah Norrell. jonathan strange and mr norrell um is this like huge like thousand page like tome and this one is so small and sparse and i hadn't known until recently that she recently got diagnosed with this um chronic fatigue which means that she Ooh. can only 
write um, on certain days and gets very exhausted very quickly. And so she's been trying to write the sequel to Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, probably at a, a similar kind of length, but it just she hasn't been able to. So it's really, really awesome and lovely that she's been able to like uh, create another kind of book and is getting kind of uh, that recognition. Because she's only done these two books and a book of short stories. And like people like Neil Gaiman and other fantasy kind of writers see her as like, yeah, she's one of the, the greatest writers that we have living one of us yeah <laughs> one of us yeah so and she's just yeah her writing is just so rich and um uh yeah you just connect so so fully into it um so yeah it's made me excited to look back into other kind of fantasy novels that i may have disregarded like complete the narnia trilogy maybe look at lord of the rings and go cool let's yeah maybe just look at it and that. be like have a I'm, quick good. I'm good i'm good yeah. yeah lord of the rings yeah i'll see how i go yeah. <laughs> but yeah i just it's given me a newfound appreciation for how much you can connect in with a fantasy genre similar to like D as well Yes. Uh, okay, uh, so I'm going to finish off with two quick things. Firstly, um, uh, the documentary Lula Rich, which James and I watched uh, recently. It yeah. is in four parts. It is an investigation into the LuLaRoe multi-level marketing scheme. Mm, uh, it's yeah. made by the filmmakers that made one of the two Fire Festival documentaries. Oh, so the Fire Fest one, yeah. yeah so that's fire like, Fraud. Uh, I don't yeah. think it's Fire Fraud. I think it's the other one. I'm not sure. It's the one. Anyway, it's the one that was Hulu, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Fire Fraud. Netflix okay. is just fire. Oh, yeah. The greatest, um, like the greatest store, p- the greatest the party, or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's that sort of gives you an idea of the tone of the documentary. Um, it's just a wild ride, like yeah. the out from the pattern design, which is obviously yeah, like, so, so it's, gross. It's, it's <laughs> like leggings, so many right? hideous leggings yeah. that these uh, women are trying to sell that are accidentally like make you know like obscene patterns because mm. of the way they've been sewn together. To the fact that in the first fifteen minutes, we discover that the two founders of the company who are a married couple uh they had 14 like 14 children some biological some adopted and one of the biological ones and one of the adopted ones married which i'm like firstly i'm like how is that legal (laughs) and they're like it's okay it's so funny it's gonna be such a funny anecdote to tell in in future and i'm like that's not good (laughs) it's giving me royal tenon bounds um so yeah it's it's a it's a wild ride it's really worth if you have any sort of interest in like you know sort of scam true crime which is my favorite type of mm, i true love crime. scams um this is a, a thing to look into um particularly don't if scam you, me if you have any people <laughs> on your facebook feed that are um trying to sell you you know amway or herbalife or any of these other sort of things lularoe uh, itself um yeah it's it's definitely worth looking into from that perspective uh because from lularo <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's that um and then secondly uh james and i have been uh, very very belatedly joining our belated sopranos watching by getting into the video game skyrim oh, uh, nice. which yes. came out 11 years ago i believe <laughs> so like we're that. pretty yeah. slow on the mark on that um, and is definitely not uh, the sort of video game that I usually play. Like, I feel if, if you know most of my video game recommendations on this podcast are things you can play, you know, within a few hours and or mm. generally involve uh, more kind of narrative as opposed to, uh, like, combat. Um, so James has had to help me sometimes with some of the combat <laughs> elements. Not really. Uh, when it gets just that one time. Um, but yeah, it's just a really, it's just it's so much fun to explore the so open expansive. world of it. It's so expansive and it's so like, it's it's so like exciting to have all of these different characters that have been written. And I just really appreciate it from a like world building perspective. Like mm. I was just saying the other day, like I feel like a thing that you don't necessarily appreciate all the time 
in this sort of game is that they've got this historical context they've created for it where there's a civil mm. war happening in this country that you're in. You don't have to become involved if you don't want to, but you can. Um, and each town you go to, the bard in the town will be playing different songs in either honour of mm. the Imperials or the Stormcloaks, depending on which side of the rebellion they're on. Like, that's such a great level of detail, which yeah. I just love. So it's, it's just, you know, everybody at Bethesda, shout out for all of that detail. Great, mm. exciting. <laughs> Very immersive. Um, I've just learned how to travel places without having to <laughs> climb my horse over mountains, which I've been getting stuck doing for many She's hours doing at hard a time. Mode. So yeah. um, well, it's just that's that, great to know. That, that video game language is like so ingrained <laughs> in us. We know what the Bethesda like character types are like, um, and like RPG, but like yeah, it's kind of been popularized by Bethesda now, where it's like that. That whenever yeah. people do jokes of it on Twitter, of like, "Hello there." May I borrow your horse? And it's just so iconically <laughs> like what's people. What's Bethesda? The company that makes it. Yeah, it's oh. like Oblivion um, and Morrowind. Yeah, and so I guess <laughs> as a side, as a side note, uh, check out the TikTok trend, which is of uh, Skyrim in real life videos, yes. which has been going around, people which involves people walking up being like, "Yeah, have you seen these new assignments the professors have posted on Blackboard? It's like they're trying to kill us!" Ha ha ha! And the guy <laughs> walks away. <laughs> in the way that people do come up to you for no reason and start conversations in video games, I'm just loving it. It's very theatrical um it's, it's great it's really fun yeah i um asked Cass for um video game recommendations during lockdown and it was a good five days where i regressed to a teenage boy and just i enjoyed um the recommendations most um you know prominent was um the re- was it the return return, return of the Oberdin. <laughs> mm. ah iconic very game good. very good game yeah i regressed it to a teenage boy i because i also got back into um not watching but just following pro wrestling i don't know why <laughs> just got into like but was, not watching it no so no i was i didn't watch any of the shows it's like who are the champions and then i got who are the champions and then i watched like lots of youtube videos around like just caught up after right. all these years I'm like oh this this is what's been happening and then i watched um i, I purchased a pay-per-view <laughs> um because why not because because two people were debuting in this other company and i was like how wild it was the wildest thing i was like what? even i was like what has my life become in this lockdown <laughs> but that's the thing about lockdown is it's like who's going to judge you exactly like, i you was know, just like just I haven't watched since I was like maybe 13 and I was like, oh, why not? It was very entertaining actually. It was just like some some good popcorn, stupid soap opera in the ring. Um, and also, we got a cat. <gasps> what? Yeah. Oh this is a live gosh. reveal on the podcast, everybody. I know. What yeah. kind of cat? What do they look like? What's their name? Um, their name is Marge. They're nine years old. Marge. Yeah, I'll... I'll, I'll show you a picture later oh my but yeah she's old and how she's... did you get an old cat where did she come from, from the spca but like we were just, like we're just allowed to bet you they just let you get one yeah they were, we were <laughs> just joking one night i mean i'm i was not in favor of it until <laughs> i was so you met her well no not her. like well we were joking about it and then there was a cat that we really wanted called twink which was a white cat which was six years old and i was like i want twink it's just funny yeah but then before we could meet twink she got adopted and then once we got there we were like oh it's my just Marge. Marge. Uh, Marge. yeah That's lovely. lisa needs braces <laughs> i just think she's neat yeah um, i got two quick final um, yeah pop- Corners. Uh, uh, first off, I'd like to shout out uh, the 
The Justice of Bunny King, which is uh, just finished up in cinemas, which is a New Zealand film, which is one of the best New Zealand films that I've seen in a while. Who directed um, that? Uh, I'm not sure. I know Sophie Henderson is behind it in terms of producing, but I think they got a separate um, director. I'll look that up while you go. Ooh, mm. Thank you. Yeah, so it's with Etsy Davis, who is uh, a fantastic Australian actor who is in The Babadook, mm. um, and Thomason McKenzie uh, plays her niece. Um, and it is just such a fantastic... So good, uh, New Zealand Asian shout-out, Gaison Pavat. Oh, incredible. Mm. Yeah, um, and it's about um, a, a mother who wants to be reunited with her kids um, who is embroiled in the system for reasons uh, that I cannot uh, reveal. I don't want to give away. And then also is trying to protect her niece from a particularly um, uh, toxic uh, relationship in her her family um, with her uh, brother-in-law. Um, and it is just such like a, a, like a beautifully like realistic... Um, kind of depiction of like trying to go through um the, the 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 system and how people are just kind of discarded in new zealand uh but it's i, I was expecting like something like uh ken loach like i uh, daniel blake but it, mm. it becomes a lot more um uh more like th- uh, theatrical and kind of d- dynamic as it kind of builds to a head there's more of like a um yeah, like like it builds like this incredible kind of finale that is like really like thrilling and engaging and has utmost respect for these kind of um, characters. Uh, and I know, like, I knew it was always going to be like a, a hard watch. I think uh, because it's pretty tough kind of source material. But it is like Essie Davis is like Bunny King is like so resourceful um, and and kind of resilient against everything. Like she, it's so exciting like seeing her. Like there's a bit where she wants to throw a birthday party, right? And so she like goes into the shop and she's really desperate at this point. So starts like putting stuff into like this um, uh, like two dollar store, like putting stuff into this bag and then like peeling off the labels she like gets like this huge like um i don't know like vacuum cleaner box or something or like trolley box and then takes that out and then peels off like the label for something else that's like 10 bucks because she only has a 10 dollar note and sticks it back on puts it up uh, like gives it to the cashier and then they don't care they just scan her like 10 bucks <laughs> it's so cool like to see that even as she is like falling apart at the seams trying to make this work she's always like okay cool how can i stay alive there's this other bit i don't want to give away too much okay and she did all this while having the name bunny yeah really, she really can do it all <laughs> yeah it sounds great. i mentioned to james it sounded a lot like a new zealand florida project which yeah oh. felt yeah like totally a, um the right sort of comparison yeah yeah absolutely and you know it has uh many new zealand uh kind of faces there's uh carrie green is in there for a bit who's Love carrie the mm. upcoming white men check that out at Bats mm. Theatre um, and Tani Heke and like a huge awesome range uh, of, of wonderful New Zealand talent so I would highly recommend going along and seeing it Thomason is fantastic um, as always uh, I can understand why she was like check out this one instead of old because she's she's fun and old as well but this is like a really um uh good show i love old too but, um, forgot that she was an old yeah this one How could you forget? i was the yeah. only person in the cinema i was just like crying my eyes out by the love end. it, it was, love a soul cinema date yeah um okay. because i got uh free tickets to go along and see it and oh. i didn't want to miss it in the cinemas yeah and finally i didn't want to finish this popcorn without talking about the album of the moment 
uh, Montero by Little Nasty. Right, yeah. Um, which is, I, I've, I've listened to the whole album. I have not seen all of the music videos yet, but it's just, yeah, it feels pretty. It's a bop. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a lot of fun. Pretty yeah. fun. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, my partic- my favorite is um, the final track in the album with Miley Cyrus. I think um, it's second to last one, but yeah. Is it? That's, that was just my last on it. Oh. Um, but uh, I forget what it's uh, like. The the refrain that they keep on saying isn't the actual name of the song. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, just call it that. Um, but it is just like call it by its name, James. <laughs> Gosh. Um, but it is like beautiful and heartbreaking. Um, oh, it is the last one. Sorry, I was looking at the September seventeenth, twenty twenty one. Oh, the track. Uh, it's Am film. I dreaming? Is the yeah, name I'm of dreaming. the track. Um, yeah. And it's just such a beautiful, like, soaring, sort of a like, melancholy. Like, yeah. I love the... And the, the music video for... Um, uh, what is it? That's um, what I want. That's what I want. want. I love the video. It's so very playful good. and <laughs> horny. For and, sure. Yeah. Billy Porter's also in there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I need to give it a couple more listens. Because I do love him. I do love what he stands for. I love the queerness. The music isn't just... Just isn't sticking for me at the moment yet. But that may change. After a, a couple of I think a lessons. couple, because I had that sensation when I, like, when Cass was playing around the house, and then a couple more re-lessons, I was like, okay, cool, no, I'm really vibing with this. So, uh, I find it... I feel like a lot of, you. yeah, Lil Nas's songs are very earwormy, and that they don't necessarily, like, hit you the first time, but then you listen to them a few times yeah. later, and you find yourself humming it later on. Maybe. Um, I, think I think there's, there's, yeah. there's a quality to his music that fe- feels very current to its detriment, mm-hmm. <laughs> in, like, a way where it's just, like... I don't, I don't know if this is like timeless where like in five years time, I'd, like obviously it'll have the nostalgia factor where you're, you're still going to be singing along to the songs in five years time. But like, I don't know. It sounds so like of now that it doesn't, I don't feel like it'll sound fresh, but that's, you know, a, a like judgment for now. Like, yeah. And I think that can sometimes be intentional, right? Exactly. Like it's yeah. like, okay, you're going to try to do something as much as possible, like yeah. of this particular moment and then move on to do other things. And I'm like, yeah. that seems to be his kind of like, yeah, way of for doing sure. Things. <laughs> but as I said, yeah. I've only given it one lesson and it usually takes a while to marinate. Mm. Um, and you know, that's what albums are great for. It's like, you give them a lesson not feeling it and then later on you're like well 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 it's my favorite <laughs> album yeah um casey musgraves also dropped her album i i also haven't listened to it yet but you know nice. update next episode <laughs> tune in to find out wow so and i think we've we, yeah. i feel like there can't be much more to discuss in the world of popcorn i Anything mean it else? was a long break it was a long so break we, we, we had to this get is it the digest there. this is the highlight <laughs> yeah um but I think it's about time for us to move on to our feature presentation. Feature presentation. Ooh. It has been a long series of nights without yeah. a yeah. night of nightly. So not only is this the feature presentation, it's time to hear that drop one more time for the five nights of nightly. Why are you crying? Yes, I know exactly. I love you, Rob. I want you to punish me. She is never to set foot in this house again. I know what you think, Cassie. Although Tommy really likes you as a friend. He just doesn't see you that way. You always talk to Peter. You don't like me. I'm not sorry. Virus. For the first time, 
first moment I met you, your arrogance and conceit, your selfish disdain for the feelings of others, made me realize that you were the last man in the world I could ever be prevailed upon to marry. This is wrong. Makes no difference. Five nights of nightly. Yeah, yeah, and now Moving. you can recognize the section from the Duchess that I popped in there where she says, she is not to be in this house or something along those lines. Something like that. Yeah. We are on the third night of yeah. Nightly. Um, and the film we've chosen is The Duchess. Uh, is this mm. a film that anybody, any of us had any kind of knowledge of before? Why did we choose this one? I, I, oh, I picked it because to me, The Duchess was always like, I I didn't I haven't nev- never seen the Duchess, but like Kira in period, it always defaulted to the Duchess. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the epitome. It is peak like peak period. Period Kira. Yeah. yeah, I feel like this is a film where you know you looking at a poster of it, you're like, well, I know all I need to know about exactly, this. Exactly. Yeah. Kira, she's in period costume. She's have got she's a royal of some kind. Exactly. And <laughs> yeah. if you're into it, you're into into it. And if you're not, you're just straight up not. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And it's not, you know, particularly, like, critically applauded, not particularly, like, very popular, but it is the image of, like, you know, we had to pick a quintessential Kira period piece. She's a period queen. For the costume queen. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so as you probably hear, none of us had ever seen this film before or no. really knew anything about it other than it was called The Duchess. She was a royal, she was a duchess. I feel duchess. like, do, you, do we know when it came out? Because it feels 2008. like... But like, do you know what time of the year? Do you was it like an Oscar? Like, yeah, it was. It was like one of those things where they were hoping to position it for Oscars, like Anna Karenina. Right. But like, this was just the period where, like, you know, because of the sheer glut of like period pieces that Kira was doing, while she might have been good in like all of them, mm. because it's so it's easy just, to kind of they everyone's all blend just like, well, she's one blur yeah. of costumes, yeah. silk, drama. the edge of heaven, yeah. all yeah. these things. The young Victoria, different actress, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but it could have been Kira. It could have been. Yeah. Her schedule was tied up. She was busy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I guess without further ado, uh, should we jump into a movie in a minute? Yeah, I mean, we, look. So if start you've talking ne- about it. You've never heard of The Duchess? We'll explain it to yeah, you right now. It's um, James's turn to explain the plot of this film. Damn. Okay, hang on. Just give me one second. That's one second. Um, I think we'll just, just to let you know, um, we'll, we'll obviously we'll, we'll fill in the gaps of the yep. things that James didn't manage to fit yes. in one minute. But um, It's been a while, know, so, you know. So you got to get, get those summarizing muscles warmed off. up. Okay. Um, but this is based on a true story, so um, we'll have a little bit to talk about that later on. Um, are you ready to go? Yes. Right, three, two, one, start. Uh, Georgiana is a uh, young, youthful uh, woman who is uh, uh, has a crush on a guy called Mr. Grey. More on him later. She finds that the Duke of uh, Buckinghamshire? No? Something. Devonshire. Devonshire uh, is interested in her and then they get married all of a sudden. And Charlotte Rampling, her mother, is like, just go with it. And so she does and then uh, beds him and then uh, uh, he is very cold and um, boring. He's like his dogs. And then uh, she kind of goes, uh, she eventually becomes pregnant but she gives birth to a baby which is a daughter um, <laughs> a baby who knew um, uh, you're over halfway okay and he really wants a son and so she uh, meets this uh, other woman called Bessie um, or, or Elizabeth Beth um, and uh, she uh, they kind of get it on maybe but not quite because the film isn't prepared seconds. to get into that damn okay and then they become like a, this 
triumvirate threesome and he becomes more interested in Bethy and she gets out of the cold but then she has a baby and a son and then she has to give away her baby that she had with Mr. Okay, Grey. Okay, okay, um, So there's, there's, a few, there's, a, there's a few things we've got managed but to But I did get there. there mostly. You got the premise. Okay. Uh, you I got mean, about halfway you through. You did in the mess first up word. the very first word. Uh, Georgina. Georgina. Georgie, as she is. Yes, yeah. often called G throughout, which because made us laugh every time. Um, but yes, it's spelt Georgiana, but apparently it's pronounced Georgina. Georgina. Mm. Um, which is... I mean, it's infinitely funnier. Yeah, it's, it's sad. It's, there's a lot of other. It's like <laughs> you're saying Georgina wrong. It's like, hey, Georgina. Georgina. Yeah. And they just left it in. It's just a mistake, and they're like, shit, we just got to run with it for the rest of the film. Um, so, a couple of things James missed out from the film that we. we yes. So, she also has became a very uh, famous fashion icon yes. of her time. Also, the time itself. This is the uh, late. Uh, 18th century mm. um, so it's kind of big old wigs type. Like, apparently mm. she was a friend of Marie Antoinette um, oh so I mean that Marie checks Antoinette's out Marie yeah. Antoinette's fashion and her fashion yeah. they definitely shared a lot of things uh, there um, and she was also very inter- interested in politics particularly left wing politics the Whig party mm. um, and she was one of the yeah, oh she did love her wigs women in uh, politics that uh, had a big influence on that um, she hung out with Mr. Fox a Mr. lot Mr. Fox yeah. apparently was one of her like uh, distant cousins and he yeah. was the leader of the Whig and then, uh, yeah, Mr. Grey, who she had the affair with, later became Prime Minister. So she knew how to pick him. Damn. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So Mr. Grey was actually a bigger part of the story than Mr. James Mr. Grey was a pretty big that. part of the story. Uh, yeah. It is, yeah. Unfortunately. He, yeah. He was her Vronsky. Um, so, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, I feel this... like this this film is going to, like, this discussion, if you haven't had a listen to our Anna Karenina episode, I feel like you're going to get more out of our discussion that's about to happen if you listen to that first. And equally, if you don't know the story of Princess Diana, there's also a fair number of uh, oh similarities. Diana, was, Georgiana. So Georgiana, Georgiana was <laughs> Princess Diana's great, 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 great aunt. Yeah. Uh, so they are both from the same Spencer family. But that whole narrative of like marrying someone you're not super into, and they're actually more into someone else, else. like Camilla, and then having to yeah. roll yes. with it. And um, there are parallels. Yeah, a lot of parallels, um, and which is very fitting because Spencer is coming up very shortly. God, the Diana Renaissance. The I mean, the Crown is about to clean up tomorrow. Diana the Musical is on Netflix. It's not the one. It's not the version that okay. I. You know I'm what? A, it's a different Poor version. Poor Naomi Watts. Remember when she made that movie, <laughs> yeah. Diana? Yeah. And no one no gave one a shit? No one wanted that <laughs> yeah. at the time. Everyone just loves Christian Stewart's performance. I can't wait to see it. She looks so hot. Yeah. It just as, good. you know, like... She's got the look down. And talking of hot people is now the good time to yes. move to MVP Hot yes. Butter. I pushed the wrong button, and I meant to put a marker down there, but in fact, I just stopped the recording. But we're back. We're it's back too now. excited. Uh, so, who wants to go first for their? I'll go. Okay. Mm. Um, in this movie, well, the eye of the Duke is pulled by someone, and it was pulled by me as well. The performer Haley Atwell uh, gets um, not only the Duke's eye, but also uh, um, Kira Knightley's G's eye as well. Her first kind of meeting with uh, Beth or Bessie um, is it's, very dynamic. It's Bess, actually. Oh, yeah, damn. I don't know where you get Bessie from. I don't know. I, it's just Bess. And then it's he's just Bess, Bess Elizabeth. Bessie. Um, yeah, she's not a horse. She's <laughs> not a cow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, best. Um, she yeah, she's just very uh, glowing and and 
uh, very dynamic on screen and very hot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all yeah. it is. Um, I think I would agree because like her tetas were like up and out. She was very buxom and she was just glowing and you could feel her effect on Kira Knightley mm. because Kira Knightley's performance got better when she arrived. Yeah. Yeah. And she it was, was that same energy as she had with Vronsky and Anna Karenina. It was, was electric. Just, just playing. Um I think her wigs got worse as the story continued. <laughs> that first time we saw her, I was like Ooh, wow. she, got, she got pulled into the orbit of the Duke and become more boring. I yeah. Mm-hmm. I will give a shout out to Kira Knightley because she has been pulling off some of the like very modern looking looks in this film while still in period costume. Mm. She looked good. Yeah. There was like some looks that she had where she looked really painterly. We'll talk about that in a sec. But for some reason, I mean my official answer is Haley Atwell because duh. But Ray Fiennes was kind of doing it for me, like, a little bit. Yeah, here and there, when the wig was off more for me. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he, he um, there's a bit where he pulls off his shirt, and he's more cut than you expect for a man of his age. Yeah. And it's like, ooh! It was just that second of, like, huh, I would, probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's uh, a very hot man. I feel like this is a this is a, a rare all triple yeah. all triple MVP. I feel like Haley Atwell is the only accurate answer for the hottest person in this film. And great casting because she really fulfilled that role. She needs to be. Yeah. That yeah, was she's um, gorgeous. You know, she's glowing. She's beautiful. She's absolutely. Buxom. It's very like Rachel Weisz esque. You know, like yes. kind of like mm, Nigella. Mm. Yeah, and speaking of Rachel Weisz and period, <laughs> I feel like. The, the major thing that this is, you know, you may not have gotten from James's summary yes. of this of this of this film is that there is queer stuff in this film, guys. Yes, this film Secretly is actually queer quite film. queer. More so than Jennifer's body. More so than Jennifer's More body, so I would than say. Jennifer's body. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going. We're transitioning. Mm. Yeah. to bags. Uh, yeah. So in to the bags, bags to the to the don't want it's a good into the into bottles. the bottles. <laughs> We're, we're the bags. we haven't done a recording for a few weeks we don't remember how our own podcast bags would make sense like oh I'll bag that no no no, bag no, 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 no but then we, bag or biff that screws we've that already up. taken that for later the bottles um, but yes so uh, I during this film as I always do you know inevitably when I'm watching a film at home that is based on a true story <laughs> I pulled up the Wikipedia page yeah. for Georgina Cavendish Nee Spencer um, and yes a big section of this film is about the kind of unusual arrangement that she has mm. with like her husband decides to take Bess as a mistress and like kind of moves her into the house mm. um, and at least in the film uh, this follows a, a sort of like quasi-sexual experience mm. so I would say like a sexual experience that Bess and uh um, Dare George I say, and I have together the best sex scene. The best in the sex movie. scene in the film. The sexiest yeah. scene in the film. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, she's then like, and the film is very like, uh, kind of colder to Bess from that mm. point onwards because she feels like she's betrayed her yeah. after she started having sex with her husband. Mm. Um. Whereas in real life, they sort of kind of were just in a, a menage a trois, and mm. the three of them. That's so much um, more they exciting. were in like a yeah, and like they it, se- it seems like whether or like obviously historians because historians always like to just say they were just gal pals. Yeah. Uh, historians do not know if they were like necessarily also having a sexual relationship. Obviously, both the women were with the man, mm. um, but uh, like they know things like jo- Georgina had a very strong emotional connection and affection for mm. Bess throughout her whole life. Yeah, uh, Bess when she died was apparently wearing a locket that had some of Elizabeth's that had some of um Georgina's hair in it. 
Oh. Uh, so I'm like, look, like I feel yeah. like they were in love. And the film dared <laughs> to go there. The film dared to go there for at least a little bit. A and, little then bit. It, and then it went into whole like, oh, you stole Obviously, my man stuff. But then they, they, they did reunite by the end. They were still together at the end. They yeah, continued well, to live together till their death. Well, yeah. that's the thing. We were like, okay, we started this movie. We were like, yep, we know what we're getting. Period piece. Great. Mm. You know, we've judged the book by its cover. The single sentence summary on Netflix says like, oh, she's like married to this guy, but she falls in love with Charles Gray. And we're like, boring. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when um, Hayley Atwell was introduced mm. and the then when we, when we started seeing them interact we like moved forward in our seats <laughs> and we were like what is this? Audience, we were just like screaming. Yeah, it, was, it was a because, full on like who is she moment. Yeah but also we didn't know if they were going to go there. We were yeah, like what we're is like, this Surely chemistry? not. Somebody would have told us. Somebody would have given us or, this Or gift. we would have heard and yeah. like I mean we we're all like pretty like aware which films are queer and which yeah, films are not. Yeah normally you hear about these things. I'm <laughs> like why is no one someone called the lesbians? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Just has got gay kissing in it. Well, and how wonderful that we are watching this during like uh, bi bisexual awareness. Week. I know, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, it's very fitting. And then we were like, from that point forward, I mean, the first the first bit where we really leapt forward was they did a um, after um, Kira after um, what's her face Georgina um, bore her first daughter. Mm. It it um, leapt forward six years, and we had her three kids: mm. Charlotte. Mm. Hario and, and little G, G. Uh, and, and their the, the names came, came up, up on screen, names. and we, and reader, we, we screamed. <laughs> now I did look this up, and apparently Hario's government name is Henrietta, and but, Hario was just a nickname. But they but went with Hario. They went the with Hario throughout. They, and, at no point did they say that. She and might they're have very bold name. with saying it. They said it multiple Hario. times. Yeah, and it's, come on, Hario. It's H. <laughs> There's a, Little Harriet was running along. She falls over. We don't know which kid it is. And she's like, Harriet, get up. But I love, like, honestly, this was a perfect joke of, of set a punchline. Because mm. Charlotte, yeah, sure. Harriet, what a wild name. H-A-R-R-Y-O. <laughs> and then little G is just the perfect punchline. And yeah. it's because, like, I mean, it makes sense. Because Georgina's nickname is, is G. G. Yeah. Uh, which, again, it's, obviously, that's her real nickname from history. But it does yeah. sound way too modern every time you say it. Um, so I guess this is Georgina Jr., who yeah. they called little G. Yeah, little G. But, um, but, you know... No, another no. thing we should mention as well, uh, Charlotte is not actually Georgina's biological no, daughter. She no. kind of was presented. So she's pregnant with her first kid. When she's been married to this guy for, like, months. Mm. Not that mm. long at all. And just some servant comes in and drops off a small peasant child. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, who's this? And he, and he's like, oh, yes, this is my daughter. Like, yeah. well, we're going to look after her now. And, and even, she's like, what the fuck? Even before that, she's walking down a, a corridor and they're just naked maid or, or someone yeah. runs yeah. Past and she's just like, what, what the, the hell? hell? And I think this is a hugely interesting part of the story as well. This exceedingly boring man just like likes to fuck a lot, yeah. and is just having kids everywhere. She was yeah. so jealous, but yeah, um, the whole section with the flirtation of um, Bess and G, yeah, um, it's was great. It's lively. So heated. It's it was so, so like, heated, and each of them just the little. It's the very like glancing, the longing kind of glances. Yeah. But like, yeah, they have they, and then they have have an erotic scene together where she's honestly, kind of firstly convinced like, her husband to uh, let Bess stay with them for mm, a period of time. Yeah, um, and they are like apparently either sharing a bed chamber or just like frolicking around. It in was the same her, bed chamber. her on the bed. Uh, Bess just looked luminous. It was beautiful because like it was the glances, it was the framing like mm. of the glance 
performances. They were in the bed. They were like... And you've got that rigidity, like in the public sense, the rigidity of the massively tall wigs. And then when they're alone by themselves, the hair is down, it's flowing. And Kira was really selling it. She was so lively. She was like, there was a switch that yeah. was turned for um for Lady G. Um, yeah. Well, well, they're talking about Charles oh Gray, and then Bess puts forth this thing of like, oh well, uh. imagine just close your eyes and imagine I'm him, uh, and then <laughs> just kind of plays out like this this wonderful sex scene from oh well, we're just yeah. pretending. She's That's great. Be, she yeah. would be a strong, good... strong like uh, heavenly creatures, handmaiden, yeah. like a lot of lot of great like oh it's a, uh, I'm just pretending you're yeah, a boy. This is all like cool. uh, yeah. she'd be a great um, Nigella. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, people love Haley Atwell because she she first She's started central. in yeah in Captain America, and she plays a small role, Peggy Carter, who um oh yeah, um, I'm sure she was Peggy, <laughs> who Captain America falls in love with, but then he goes spoiler like zips forward into the future. That's how he's in the Avengers, and so he doesn't get to spend his life with Peggy. And then they have this whole spin-off TV show about her, Peggy Carter, just going around solving crimes, shooting at people, and it's apparently fucking awesome. And then people are just like, "Yes, Haley," and I'm yeah, so yeah, I like her. I, yeah. I, I, the only other time I saw her, I think, was in like Blinded by the Lights, where she oh, yeah. she played the inspirational teacher, nice. of course. She's inspiring. <laughs> yeah. Gotta get through one of those roles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the queer stuff, that's a big a big bottle for mm. us. Um, other that's major good. bottles. Costume design. Oh, Costume yes. design. So good. Incredible, won the Academy Award for yeah. Yes. Um, it's just so yeah, as 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 mentioned in the Wikipedia page and in the film, uh, it's uh yeah, one of the big contributions that Georgina had to society was being a fashionista and like a stylist mm. and a sort of, yeah. I think, sewed and designed her own outfits a lot. Um, and yeah, it sort of becomes shows throughout this her sort of revolutionary style. Mm. And it um, really is like breathtaking. Like, I think sometimes when you hear costume design, you're like, okay, cool. Yeah, like, especially in a period like, piece. You know, yeah. she's in love. It's like, like beautiful cool. gowns. Yeah. Like, yeah. But it's but, like, it's not only, it's that they they seem to be period accurate. I mean, I don't, I don't think any of, any of us are experts on period costume, but it all looks accurate to the period. But also there are, is enough sort of individual distinct style that's going mm. on through each outfit. You're like, oh, look at this one. Oh, look at that one. So much character of, of a story to Different yeah. every scene as well. Yeah. There's they, so many. There's some points where it's like 30 seconds, one outfit, and then she switches to something yeah. else and you're like there is one scenes. outfit where she i mean there was a scene which made james like visibly like react to the screen which we'll <laughs> oh, talk about in a second yeah. but she looked like so painterly yeah it's like this beautiful like salmon gown she just yeah. like has this like her makeup was just like so pale but just so like she was <laughs> She was straight out of a painting. Yeah. The swing, you know, like Yeah. But she was out of a painting, but her swagger was out of a pub. Um yeah. <laughs> she's drunk. She was drunk. Yeah. Um, um it was very entertaining. Iconic scene. The scene was great because she was like, you know you know, if, if what you can't take away from Kira is that she knows how to steal a ball. Has mm. she yeah. ever? Uh, has she ever attended the Met Gala? Because I feel never, like she, <laughs> she would play. Has Kira ever attended the Met Gala? So. Surely, like yeah. somebody should extend her an invite in future. But um, um, she'll she, call she'll call she'll call that's why she's going to yeah. call the yeah. name on everybody's lips. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, yeah. as we said in our Anna Karenina, she was shamelessly dancing with Vronsky all night mm-hmm. long, and everyone was like. Whew, whew, yeah. But in 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 um the Duchess, she 
walks in drunk as a skunk. Yeah. And then she... <laughs> she spins and spins and spins, and then she spins herself into a large chandelier of candles. Which is bad enough. It fucking falls on the floor. Everyone's like, oh my god. James is hiding his face. Yeah. He's crawling I into the couch. I thought that was it. But no. <laughs> Mr. Fox, who has volunteered to dance with her to try to look after her, is like, fire fire <laughs> turns out her wig and her headpiece is on fire and she doesn't realize for like a good like five seconds and she's like what what and they're like your hair your hair gal <laughs> and they have to like snatch it off the wig is snatched and it's thrown to the ground and oh, finally and she, doused yeah finally doused with like wine or punch or something and then she just has this pathetic little um, wig cap wig cap and it was so sad oh it was so sad rock bottom and ray fines doesn't give a shit he's like would someone kindly put up my wife's hair or something like that yeah. the duchess is here and then he just walks off he doesn't even help her up such a dick yeah, yeah. um Ugh. I just was, like, racking my brain thinking about where Lady G is from. And it's from, like, Lindsey Graham. Remember <laughs> yes. that? When he was, like, <laughs> Senator Lindsey Graham. So, yeah, it was apparently. So the a Republican Senator Lindsey Graham apparently. Who's, like, uh, in the closet. Frequenting allegedly. a lot of, like, male oh. sex workers who used the code name Lady, Lady G. Lady G. For oh, him. right. It's uh, like, where do I know Lady a, G It's from? a funny nickname. Right. Um... Yeah, so other, I mean, other sort of costume things to talk about, any sort of production design. I just love the wigs also. The wigs are great. The wigs are great. I've never seen wigs that have so much character. There is one major exception to the wigs, but we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it, and we have a conspiracy Uh, (laughs) theory about why. But yeah, I I love the cloak. I love the thing. She she, she wears like a kind of naval-ish looking thing. Oh, yeah. It's like an army uniform type, but feminized. I love it because it was like very, yeah, it was very masculine, but sexy like she yeah. was so it was, in control it was like she had came from the pirates movies yeah and, that's, them and people were like i want what they that's what it was like, Swan yeah it's like it's wearing. that but then like also the very um yeah rachel vice in the favorite when yeah. she's got that shooting yes. outfit with the oh. Oh. Mm. So oh, good. iconic. There's one like later scene where me and Cass were thinking the exact same thing. She was wearing like this wig, and it reminded us of like Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman. For... <laughs> yeah. It was the wig and the makeup, it was the curls, and the sort of. The, and the I was just like, yes, Kira should look like this more often. Yeah, yeah. I think because she's so petite that she can kind of pull off the scale mm. of large. Yeah, people. yeah. It sort of looks dramatic. Also, though, so I do like some of the wigs, but sometimes they made her look like Annie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was There's a, a certain point. Yeah. Near, yeah, near the bit, end, though, where she's getting more desperate. <laughs> I, w- another bottle for me kind of tied in with this is how, like, fiery uh, G is. Yeah. Like, it's not just, like, the typical, like, oh, please, husband, I yeah. don't like you. It's yeah. like there's a real edge to her. There like, is a real interesting, yeah, so we sort of start the film uh, and she's, I think, 17 yeah. and she's she's not turned 18 yet, we know. She's, she's giving the married, typical Kira. And it's very typical Kira on yeah. Yeah. Um But then, like, the six years pass Sort yeah. of, uh, there's, a, there's a time jump um, and we go into the future and see her where she is now kind of in her element she's there's the a queen fire. of fashion yeah. she's a gambler she's a like leading political kind of voice for women and she frequents Sheridan's plays and mm. uh, and yeah it's kind of this sort of talk of society and I feel like the way she carries herself like also adjusts over the course of that six year Absolutely. gap which is a sort of really subtle thing I'm, as a performer but I'm really, really well done I'm glad that she showed that I think it really started with yeah um, that meeting with um, 
face. Like that was yeah. the switch for yeah. me. I was like, you mm. know, she was giving typical Kira before. I was like, oh, cool. She's yeah. She's from the, the beginning of this film, like, we were just like, like blah, 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 this is boring. <laughs> we were just, we were not really into yeah. it. But then it was, she was, there was something about the way she conducted herself and, and yeah. the, the, the look she was giving, the sensuality she was giving, the control. But and, also, yeah, yeah the, then power. The, the, the power and the confidence in that she was yeah. yeah, you get a sense that like, if she had been living in an era that was more, you know, where she had more options available to her, like what a force she would have been. Yeah, um, yeah it was really interesting looking at the, the other things that they didn't include. Admitted, yeah. Um, in, yeah, from her biographical info for Georgina Spencer, because she apparently also wrote a lot. She wrote a lot of poetry she would publish. Right. Uh, she was also an amateur scientist. And uh, wow. like, she, oh, like, built, she built a lab in, in like their house that they could, so that she could teach her children chemistry. <laughs> so she was like wow. doing like scientific like this stuff. And, and she also, she climbed Mount Vesuvius at one point. Oh, like, damn. Two volcanoes seems, like, meeting. She's honestly like a boss. Yeah. Like, sounds like a very cool, interesting woman. I think <laughs> <laughs> one of the like underrated uh, aspects of Kira as as period queen because not along with her like uh, literary adaptations of the time and Pride and Prejudice and Karenina, mm. like she also picks these amazing women from the past in terms of her projects and highlights them like with this and like with Colette and stuff like that. She oh, is, Colette, mm, I yeah. want to see it. Well, Colette's also a fictional. Oh, is yeah. it? Oh, I must be thinking of another one then. Um, but there was another uh, recent uh, film that she did um, where it was highlighting a, a, a real life person. Uh, and mm. I think it's just that kind of like connection to like the past of going like, yeah, cool. These are these are people that should have more of a kind of focus on them hmm. that. Um, yeah, I really appreciate. Yeah. Um, any other bottles before we uh, sort of major things? Um, Rafe is all right. Rafe as well, Charlotte Rampling as the mother. Is oh, yeah. Sort of, and this, we don't really see that much of her, but I, I feel she, like she's, she commands each scene the, she is Yeah, in. the thing with Charlotte is, like, she's very aristocratic. You just see yeah, her. Yeah, it's and very she's, much like she just sort of turned up on yeah. set, put her in the costume, and she went. You know, yeah. she, <laughs> she, was, she was born yeah. with her nose turned up, you know? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I just was pleasantly surprised at some of the, the turns this... Uh, yes. This... The story uh, took. Mo- yeah, the story took... And uh, this character, I, I I enjoyed where she, where she took me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get to our bananas. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the big is a big banana. Well, yeah. The funny thing is to to frame this is like this as well as getting costume wins. I was looking through the kind of award nominations, and Rafe got nominated for sometimes best actor, sometimes best supporting actor. Kira got nominated for best actor, and Haley Atwell got nominated for best supporting actor. The one kind of other major <laughs> uh, actor in the kind of group did not get any nominations, uh, and it's. I think it's more just because of his miscasting, maybe yeah. potentially. Yeah. So this is a uh, um, this is Dominic Cooper who is playing Sir, uh, Mr. Charles, Charles Gray. Gray. Yeah. You know what? Charles always ruins everything. Mm. Yeah, every Spencer. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's not good in this. Uh, he firstly, I think we've got a problem with modern face. Yeah, where yeah. something about Dominic Cooper's face—I don't know what it is—it's his like complexion or his eyes, the way they're set or something. He doesn't look like he's in right. the old times. Yeah. He looks very modern. Yeah, is it the eyebrows? I don't know. Yeah. It's it's really indefinable, but yeah. it's something like it's the Ben Affleck thing. It's the in Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, yeah. It's mm. the um, what's it called? Keanu Reeves's Don John. <laughs> like, yeah, and, uh, oh, much right. about nothing. Where I'm like, I don't think he's bad, but it's like he just doesn't it's look just right for that. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's that thing where I think he, we're already off to a bad start mm. because I don't think he's right in a period. I film. think they were like, we want to cast someone hot. Right. Exactly. They're trying yeah. to go for pure sex appeal. And yeah. that 
also doesn't work here. Despite the fact I think all three of us agree, Dominic Cooper can be a yeah. very good-looking very man. Yeah. When he pulls off that wig, he's all right looking. But if, he, the chem- it's a big if. I think it's I think the chemistry is lacking. Lacking, not yeah. at all. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like he had one like his only assignment was to be suave. Yeah. And I didn't even have to add depth to the character. Like yeah. you didn't have to be a good actor to take this role. You just have to be suave and make it believable yeah. that Kira would be like head over heels for you. Mm. Yeah. And, it's, uh, it's suaveness and it's like a young man with ideas, right? Because yeah, become he was. Yeah, it's just like because minister. she is this political kind of interest. It makes yeah, sense that she'd be it's, really it's, interested in him intellectually as well as. Well, we want to be attracted but, to this person as well. Yeah. Like he's like yeah, a young maverick. He's going to change the world. Yeah. But there is no energy from him. Like yeah. it's just, yeah, there's no chemistry. The thing is, I think because Kira Knightley and Hayley Atwell have so much excellent chemistry yeah. together. Yeah. It just, um, it's just everything pales in comparison for a well, start. That's the thing. It's like one. It's like he he doesn't. Ha- it's weird for such a young character, but he doesn't have a gravitas of a future prime minister. Yeah, is one. No. You don't they, get the sense of like, oh, this guy is like, yeah, he's running rings special. around everybody. He's really and, smart and tells he's going to go places. Yeah, you know? and he's not just not Kira's match. There was this one scene where he was at a political rally and he was the main attraction. He was giving a speech, and I was yeah. like, I don't fucking buy it. And like and she had just done an intro for and him. And then Kira that. was like. <laughs> it was so good in her like intro for him. I was like, yeah. damn, she should be running. And then yeah. also her reaction to him speaking, it's a tiny little bottle of like, Kira was selling, oh my gosh, I'm so She was it. selling I nothing, think she's working, literally. Like working, working her best yeah. trying to get that chemistry and get that, sell that relationship. But I think it just doesn't quite work. It's not, not a connection. I don't and, know if that's just Dominic yeah. Cooper being miscast or if it's I other think, things. I think it's writing. a lot of that, that, but also they didn't do the writing to, to make yeah. us invest in the couple. They, they had this one scene when they were kids Literally, they doing... like they were both teenagers, and she yeah. beat on him in a running race. But and he there won. was nothing there. <laughs> like, there okay. was. There I was... feel like the the scenes that I I mean the the movies where I've liked Dominic the most is when he has like some kind of chip on his shoulder, like for like the History Boys, and then recently in the Start of a Ten. And I I haven't seen the Preacher uh, kind of movie, but I've read the graphic novels, and that character that he's playing, Jesse, also has like a big kind of chip on his shoulder. He's it's a got chip on his shoulder Something thing, to prove against the world, and... but also that he's kind of a bit of a dick. Yeah. But you but he's like so charming he can get away with it, and I feel like that's like a big part of like his History Boys character. Yeah. That's one hundred percent Start of a Ten. Yeah. He's got that as well, and yeah. I feel like here. There isn't. They're trying to sort of soft boy him, but it doesn't really work for who yeah. his persona get, is. Get like Ben Wishaw or something. He's well, like. I don't know about that. But... Oh, he's a, he's a ben is man very like soft fire. boy. Though. That's too soft boy. I think. Yeah. No, I feel like I, somewhere in between. I think, but think of as Brutus and Julius Caesar. He's passionate yeah, yeah. as well. Maybe. Anyway. We could, we could dream. Now we just like, <laughs> just shit, who do I, was just, I just keep thinking, I honestly just keep thinking of Aaron Taylor Johnson. Al- wait, the thing, we've seen this role yeah. done before and we know we've who did it, it really well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I'm sure who else just, is in this period, like Garfield, Redmayne, like who? Just for the audio medium, we both like, in that pause, we both like had our eyes up in the air. We just all, all pictured. Just going. But Garfield would be good, I think. Yeah, I could see Garfield, yeah. Where was he at this point? Because this is 2008, and he hasn't quite got his Dominic big is yeah. just he's, done he's, 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 he's not quite just, broken through. He's just done Boy A, uh, which but is social, t- social, social network is the year after 20, 2010. Oh, 10, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that and mm. Never Let Me Go. Oh, where he's with Kira. <laughs> with Kira, yeah. 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 They, and they're beautiful, incredible. Well, it's oh. not quite chemistry because they're not, they're not together. They, really, do, they, they? do. Yeah. They do have chemistry, but mm. it's like. It's mm. not romantic, but they do have chemistry it's as like, like a lusty, yeah. chemistry. lusty kind of chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a Which, fucking good movie! Uh, 
Kathy H. Not a mixed bag. Uh, not at all. <laughs> too good for mixed bag. Um, yeah, so this is all these other th- these things are reasons why Dominic Cooper does not work. But we have not mentioned the elephant in the room, the wig. The wig. Like, so Dominic Cooper, again, universally acknowledged attractive man. Yeah. Got to, and also, the, the costume design of this movie universally recognizes everybody else's wigs. Good. And yet. <laughs> put them together <laughs> like even the male wigs had so many layers Volume. different like, Ray characters wigs look quite nice like Beautiful. I think you were saying he looks hot without his wig but I'm like I feel like he was generally selling his wigs throughout yeah. the other yeah. characters and I'm totally. like yeah and I see all that all the smaller characters they had like character wigs where it had like different yeah. levels yeah. and then Domina Cooper has this ball cut of a wig <laughs> that does not do it's, him it's any like favors. It's like jet black as well. It it's, doesn't uh, look... It's it so looks ugly. So like, bitch, are you <laughs> missing your backpack or something? Like, <laughs> a little... Uh, the small creature's curled up on there and falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't um, fit well on his head, like... Yeah, you can see the outline. It's like yeah, but it's a little bit too crayon. close down the forehead. And it's not yeah. kind of the far enough back. The worst part is, like, it makes him look butt ugly like it's so unattractive and yeah. then like and later every scene or like 90% of the needs, scenes he's he needs wearing to get it a facial hair i think no. i feel like it's a period not, not in this period no no no, no 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 but just like in terms of his hotness it's I just think. a better wig would have sufficed yeah. and some swagger because like we saw him without the wig later on and he looked one too modern but much better looking yeah, yeah. well like <laughs> how he's dressed throughout there's like he looked worse like, than the wig he has an accessory in one scene where he wears this like um, like hat? hat, which makes him look like Mr. Collins from Pride and Prejudice. He just like, looks. I don't yeah, like. Obviously, we love our short kings, but he exudes short man energy throughout <laughs> this film. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just, and I think the, the thing about this film is that we need to believe that she is so invested in this yeah. relationship with him that she's willing to like you know do anything yeah. to be with him and she's pleading for this chance and she's you know like gonna leave her husband as soon as she's born him the son that she promised and go off with this man yeah, honestly that narrative is so like, boring and kind of redone whereas like just this relationship with two wives and a guy i feel like firstly that's much more if you're going to take this historical record and you're going to choose yeah then it's, it's like that's firstly the more interesting let's one. investigate yeah. that also there could be some some moral dilemma with Gray if like he finds out this arrangement. What are his thoughts? Yeah, like, but I think is, also know? just like if you know you make him a more dynamic and charismatic, exactly. And, like, you, you show how he appeals to her on an intellectual level as well as like yeah. you know making him more hot. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Both those things I think need to happen for this to that that affair to be like a central part of the story engine and, and, and work. I'm just thinking of Vronsky in his white suit, you uh, know, with that little mustache. With his little curly oh, hair. And his like... It was so hot. It was just like his like dark roots. Yeah. <laughs> were so yeah. hot. Somehow looked really good. Yeah. 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 You um, just gotta... It's, it's a key part of casting. Like, it's like... That's the, the cool function of that character. Mm. And you know what? Good sis Michael O'Connor, costume designer. This is my conspiracy theory. He was also rooting for Bess and G. Yeah. I think so. Because... I mean, who could not be after reading the script? <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. And I, and he was determined to just make, just <laughs> to make yeah. Charles look as un- like unflattering <laughs> yeah. so that we would not be rooting for them yeah. um, at all. And, you know, the script did not do any favors in that department either yeah, i mean yeah the script ends like the final scene is like them like coming back where she's had to given given her child away to the gray side of the family and then she yeah, like she's had like another child with Charles. also gray, that's yeah. the thing about yeah. kira uh, i'm sorry g 
G um, has a lot of kids. Her G is working. Yeah. <laughs> like, She's, yeah, yeah so as Charlotte, the Charlotte, the adopted child that she yeah. has taken, then Harry O, then little G, maybe those in the other order, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, then finally they have Hart, a boy, who yeah. we see not at all. Yeah. <laughs> Eliza. A baby that exists. And then little Eliza, who is her, her child with, with Charles Gray. A couple of miscarriages. There's a few miscarriages mm. on the way. There were um, some kids that were cut from the film, you were saying, Cass? They were saying that, well, there were, Bess had some other kids as oh, well. Okay. So Bess already had two sons. Sons. Apparently she has three sons in the film, but I saw it in Wikipedia. She just had two sons. It's just for um, like symmetry. That she was Brady, not able to. It's the Brady, Brady. Bunch Brady Bunch symmetry, yeah, I see. Yeah. So yeah, so her. her sort of reason for kind of hooking up with the Duke uh, is less because she's this, I feel like, you know, even in the film, it doesn't seem to be necessarily like that they have much chemistry or interest in each other at all. Yeah. And more that her husband is abusive and has sort of taken her sons away. Mm. Uh, and the way that she can get them back is by hooking up with somebody who's more influential and mm. richer. And so going with the duke allows her to then get her sons back um but in reality she, yeah she, she had those sons came and joined them in the house with uh the, the two wives um but also then she had two more sons or two more children i think a daughter and a son with uh the duke the duke yeah so there's just that's like we're, we're at one two three four five six seven children running around Ugh. Mm. Yeah, um, I just, I just. <laughs> oh, eight children. I yeah. miscounted one. Forgot well, eight, heart. Eight is enough. Everybody always forgot yeah, about heart. Yeah. <laughs> I just was like, once you mentioned the Brady Bunch, I was just imagining like the Brady Bunch title sequence yeah, yeah. and Ali- um, Bess as Alice, like yeah. the maid. Like, yeah. the, so the two parents, the three boys, the three girls, yeah. and yeah. Alice. Um, Bess uh, as Alice, the maid. Uh, a, a banana for me is yeah, like. Uh, the resolution of the male characters and, and her kind of relationship with them where, yeah, in that final scene, she has a scene with Dominic Cooper and it's like, oh, well, I'm so sad. Oh, I hope young Eliza is doing well and I'm going to get married and it doesn't really have any impact and that's like our final kind of note for the film. Mm. Um, there's there's that, but then there's also this really weird scene with Rafe Fiennes who has been pretty despicable throughout. So, so he, like, firstly there is like, he openly like, yeah, there, he does like rape her at yeah. one yeah. point, um, which, yeah, is like, you know, I, I think it's, it's it's implied in Unforgivable. the imp, implied in the film it, that you know, like, of, he uses at least like his power to coerce people into having sex with him a lot. Mm. But yes. at least at one point, the really like quite violent Outwardly. rape scene. Yeah. Um, so you know, like that's you can't come back from that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also throughout, like he, they've never shown he's never shown any interest in her as a person mm. other than as a sort of broodmare for bearing him sons. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as a completely yeah, like there. That's the thing. It's like there's no reason you you don't see any reason why either of no. these women would he's be interested no, in him. He's got and no like redemp- f- redemptive in, in qualities. The film, it's like, yeah. Are we, and then we have the scene where he's like, "I may have treated you quite poorly in the past," and then it's like, "Why are we doing this? Just because like, it's Ray Fiennes? Who gives a shit?" Like literally yeah. five minutes ago, you were giving her an ultimatum. Like, yeah, come being on, like, dude, "I'll like, never let you see your children again if you don't leave Charles Gray." Yeah, it's horrible. And, and then and then we're supposed to be like, well, actually, he did start. Maybe he's got well. some company. You know what? No. He's got dogs. I love him. Do- must love dogs. Must love his dogs. Hell and damnation. Hell and damnation. Yeah. <laughs> not their official names. <laughs> but I think they're good names for dogs. Yeah. If you've got a dog and you want to name it something. At one point, um, they, were, they were arguing, um, Kira and Rafe, and he was like, you have failed to give me the two things I've asked you for, loyalty and a male heir. And then she's like... The same, the same thing, thing you'd, you'd ask, ask if you're your dogs. dogs. And we're like, oh, I don't, hold on, the male ear, half of that. Okay. <laughs> and like, he's just, you know, he's getting his dogs to breed and yeah. getting rid of the female yeah, puppies. Yeah, I think, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, one um, little extra moment that I want to shout out that is uh, is kind of relevant is um, we've talked about we did a, a feature on like Meryl Streep where she'll like highlight little kind of moments where she'll like put a, like a little keychain or something in her mouth like yeah. really go always for satisfying. Oral fixation yeah. from there's, Meryl Streep. There's a, there's an incredibly bold move from Charlotte Rampling here where she touches the key power stone of Kira. She, <laughs> oh. she puts her thumb directly on Kira's chin <laughs> and it chucks her under the it chin. Feels like I know, I see you. Yeah. It's almost like a it's, like, it's like sapping of the power. It's yeah. like rubbing the Blarney stone. It's like... yeah. <laughs> Um, just wanted to shout that out there. Yeah, again, it was, I, I used to be, not, not a bottles and bananas, but interesting. Interesting. <laughs> a PMI. Did you have to do yeah. plus minus interesting charts in, in high school? Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah. I guess we've sort of mentioned, obviously, how inferior uh, Dominic Cooper is to uh, our, our Count Bronsky in Anna Karenina, but just throughout, like, it's a very interesting to watch this film so soon after watching that yeah. film. Just in terms of plot uh time period like mm. style direction as well like i no would say the, di- to... the direction is not as interesting no no sorry <laughs> no that's what i'm but saying like, of like yeah there's similarities but like the in terms of differences difference yeah, there. Is, the, is the direction i yeah. think yeah but it, it's definitely like yeah in terms of courtly romance and affairs and things like that right, yeah um there's a lot of similarity it's also just like i think the, the where the differences are in this film in some ways are the places that they could have explored more that they could have had more yeah it's that's my thing of like more interested in such like, an interesting story of like this queer relationship that's happening yeah. this guy that likes to fuck a lot um, yeah, it's so funny. And has in, tons of kids. Like in, in the beginning, I thought she would strike up like some sort of friendship with Ray yeah. Fiennes. I thought that was the vibe. He was like, "Oh, he's misunderstood. No one understands yeah, him." Yeah, like a Darcy thing. Mm. Yeah, he's like distant. But like later on, when when she finds herself having an affair with this other person. Her husband is actually like she finds out her husband is actually a person, yeah. but none of that actually happened. No. They never had a conversation well, that was personal. And that's kind like, of what we you know, yeah, like, like yeah, the character of Jude Law and Anna Karenina, where it's like he is like still a dick, but he's like trying to, you know, there, there's there's more of an aspect of humanity. There. I think in terms of yeah, his crimes, like he like uh, Karenina is very stern, and he mm. believes too much in duty and responsibilities, and like that the kind of societal rules yeah uh but he's not like actually cruel in the same way that yeah that the duke is like yeah it's like a rapist and like he is like in like treats her inhumanly and Mm. is really cruel and nasty and just all he wants is is a son yeah not even to have a child i think just just because he wants an heir and that's his 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 role and it's hard to see any positives in him and it's like this is supposed to be a real guy exactly they were based on yeah but he's not as like emotionally complex or interesting or Mm. like you know and then he just gets like let off at the end without any consequences and it's, it's just like, like yeah it's like if, what if, the heck if, if you don't want to like make that character you know interesting in some way then maybe just don't spend as much time on yeah like, just the make sort him of, a dick yeah like you can hmm. you can make focus on the relationship between the women or like make charles gray's character more interesting and well like fleshed oh, out and, and like bump up that relationship or focus on her relationship with like the po- politicians and like yeah. Yeah. so i really a scene that i we haven't mentioned that i enjoyed I'm is surprised. the dinner party scene yeah. where she mm. and the politicians are all sort of chatting yeah, yeah. and it's this really interesting moment where oh, they, they're yeah. meeting her for the first time she's like 17 yeah. and she has to give this huge big banquet and her husband gets bored at the speeches and leaves halfway through and very rudely yeah um and yeah 
yeah, she kind of proves herself to uh, Mr. Fox, Fox, who's the leader of the political party, by sort of explaining, you know, her thoughts on uh, sort of the the, the lack of um, follow through and some of his policies, which are too kind of measured and not don't really yeah. go far he enough. So it's freedom and moderation, and she's like, "What does that mean?" Like, yeah, and it's this, it's, a, it's a really good example of like, oh, we're seeing this sort of relationship develop between yeah. these two, where he's sort of coming to go from seeing her as like a, a pretty face to be yeah. part of the arm Respecting candy her, yeah. to like seeing her intellectual like spirit Prowess, and I would love to yeah. have seen that with her and Charles Grey yeah absolutely yeah. we never got back to that place really. yeah and especially since that's who this it's woman very, it's actually a very girl, was just like that token girl boss moment but it's like that's who this person yeah, was it's like exactly. she was she was like yeah like a, a big political mind yeah and exactly she was very politically influential like a section um, of the script that may have been fuller and then it just got cut yeah down that's for time I guess Maybe. it's, it's yeah. difficult when you have so many aspects of a person's life what to focus on that's yeah. always an issue with biography I'm totally. surprised um, they didn't um, show more cameos like Marie Antoinette and stuff yeah, you know, she was been yeah, fun. Friends with oh yeah Kirsten so, would have mm. had like Kirsten a little cameo <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, yeah. honestly th- now like we're talking about um, Anna Karenina and um, the Duchess Kira threesome queen yeah. both kinds <laughs> both yeah. both hearts yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well it sounds like this we're... one's not even implied yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. Explicit. it sounds like we're getting to a point where we're ready to mm. go to bag yeah or beth oh do we do oh we haven't done chin oh we haven't done the chins and outs the chins and outs i'm so sorry hold the brakes okay so it's not time for that first we've got did the train run over someone (laughs) i'm just gonna remind everybody of the scale um because thank you uh it's been a little time since we last (laughs) we last explored the chins and outs of kira knightley um, but we uh, <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> throughout our Kira Knightley uh, Five Nights of Knightley series uh, we are going to uh, rate each film on a five point mm. chin scale mm. um, and the, there were five points on the, on the scale starting from weak through to chiseled yeah. at our top um, and so just reminding everybody what our options mm. are. And do we know what mm. we've done in the past? One, two, soft, three, mm. protruding, four, jutting, five, chiseled. So the conceit of this is we just give our personal opinions yeah. for now. Yeah. But so at the conclusion of the five nights, we assign a film to each. Yeah, yeah. To each, each scale. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, okay, cool. So, uh, and this is specifically uh, the, the level of chin acting in yeah. Kira's performance in this mm. film. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... This one's a little bit complicated. I'm going to go for four. Oh. Because... Jutting. Jutting. Because the thing is, she didn't employ it all the way through, but that when it came out, she stuck it out. And Charlotte Mm. saw that. She was like, careful, is this the right film? Put that thumb on there. Do you need it? Do you need it? Because I don't know if her chin acting, when it really pushes out, I don't know if that's our strongest Kira. She She needed to contain. Yeah. So of course. Yeah, and that's why I maybe see. she didn't get that Academy Award nomination no. for this one because she went fairly hard with it, I thought. I yeah. thought her scene, which we haven't really talked about, 
with her baby Eliza getting given away, she is like, oh, there was a giving away scene where she was, and she was like holding on to her for dear life. It was the moment she was going chin first. It was the moment that reminded me most of Pirates too, where she's like, oh, these boys and their swords. It was, it was, (laughs) it it didn't hit me. I was like, okay, cool. When is this thing wrapping up? And the school was like, don't you feel emotional? And I was like, it was too much. It was good, nice and playful at times, but. Sometimes it was too much. Yeah. Um, it, it was just, yeah. And I feel like, by and large, who, the director is, is in control of the performances, but I feel like it could have got wrangled in a, mm. a little bit mm. in there. Um, mm. um, I, I, for me, I think this is probably about a protruding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the same uh, score that I gave Pirates of the Caribbean 2. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, really? yeah, it's kind of a middling chin. For me, and mm. that, like, I think there is probably on average more chin in this film than there was in Pirates, but it never quite reaches the the heights yeah, that the it did in Pirates. Like, there were some really prominent chin moments yeah. in Pirates. They were just limited to maybe two or three scenes. Yeah. Whereas here, there was a bit more chin throughout, but it was a little bit softer, a little bit more. Other than, I'd say that was probably the big moment, the uh, giving away the baby scene. Yeah. Mm. Um. But yeah, I think. I, I want to keep some reserves in the tank, uh, knowing sure. a particular film yeah. we've got coming up later down yeah. the track. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, so I think this is a protruding film for me. I agree. I think I think protruding. Um, I don't think the chin was used enough. More but, chin could have maybe made it. Maybe that sort of the chemistry absolutely. would have been if she'd put some yeah. more chin into those. But scenes I do. Dom. I do love that this again employs one of my favorite things from care movies: the kissing of the chin. Oh. I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was Haley, but like one of the, one of the kisses was like you know lip. Like oh no, this upper was uh, Ray Fiennes. This Rafe. is their first uh, after Rafe. the marriage. There yeah. was some some kissing some on upper the chin. chin. Yeah, mm-hmm. kissing, which is one of my favorite things with Kira movies. <laughs> you can't help it. You know, yeah. you just have it's to. It's right there. Gotta give that. Chin um, yeah, I think what solidified it for me as protruding was you know that scene at the end, but definitely the Charlotte, which we did not see coming, mm. and. No, that was the first gag of the film. It was yeah. just like, it's a little, like you know, stroke, stroke, stroke of the stroke, cheek, stroke and stroke then, of the cheek. Yeah. and then like she like literally just like put her fingerprint on that chin. Like, <laughs> Mine. <laughs> know where you come. You have from. been marked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's a protruding for me. All right. Mm. I have a little note that is not chin related, but it is mouth related for Kira Ooh. because so when I was. Uh, editing uh, the last version of this podcast, I was like, hmm, do I want to do give a little extra? When, now that we've come up with the chins and outs, I was like, do I want to do a little intro? And I haven't. But the, because I was like, I was trying to find like an action of chin. And I'm like, but it's soundless. It doesn't have a sound to it. So I looked yeah. up like Kira Knightley chin. And the thing that she does on talk shows is that she learned oh, yes, to play she her teeth. She's like has this expert ability to like play she her is. teeth. She like learned it when she was very young for like a talent. Oh, thing. she can do like, little songs yeah. on there. Yeah, she's yeah. just a very like you know mouth oriented person. Yeah, like, a performer. That's, yeah. yeah, and so she does this whole routine. Maybe I'll pop in some of it here. Raindrops falling on your head, performed on her teeth. Take it away. Yeah. Uh. Kira is it's just like that. <laughs> she does. That <laughs> yeah, is her mouth and breathy. Yeah. Oh, that one's very good. Yeah. It's when the, the chin 
comes forward. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's almost the bottom teeth stick out more than the, the top. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> pop a TikTok up on that. Yeah. yeah. No, there's already, do, I can't remember, um, include that. There's, there's, there's a famous TikToker that, oh, that does I, there nothing is but Kira Mouth. It's an iconic. Iconic Kira Knightley TikToker. In the snow. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> My Uber. <laughs> <laughs> It's snowing. It's, key, it's oh. snowing. Is this snow? Oh. <laughs> we love her. We're gonna shout her out next time. Yeah. Put you in the uh, in the description. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we have done our, our full kind of roundup, and now it's time. We have a full bag now, but we yeah. want to decide how many bottles and how many bananas are in there, and if we should bag or boot. Mm. Okay. Uh, who wants to go first? <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard one. Uh, oh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I can go I first. I forgot that this was I'll coming. go first. Mm. Um, I will say this film surprised me. Like, I was expecting, you know, something that was quite boring and, you know, old hat. And it was that in many ways, but it took a turn that was uh, surprising. Not enough of the film was um, that. Um, and I wish that was the entire film. I saw Ammonite not too long ago, and it was honestly a better love story than Ammonite. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it, but I just watched the film thinking that it should have been that film instead. Mm. And for that, I have to give it a biff. It wasn't enough of a ba- for, for it to me to bag it. But um, I will give this film a... Uh, Good job because, you know, it's still a boring period piece, but it definitely rocked me in some parts where I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. And yes, you know, lesbians, go check it out. Um, I'll go next. Uh, so it's a biff, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like, uh, yeah, I'm in a pretty similar spot to you. Where I feel like this is not the best film that could have been made about this person's life, mm. this, of this story. I mean, we sort of pointed out that there's like, yeah, maybe too much sort of uh, kind of attempt to rehabilitate a guy who's clearly really terrible when it's like you could have just made him less terrible because it's a fictionalization or like, um, you know, made him less of a focus. And, you know, you could have empowered that relationship between her and Charles Gray so that it was much more interesting. Or you could have minimized that relationship and focused on some of the other really interesting things she did in her life as well. Mm. There's a lot of different ways that you could improve on this film. Mm. Um, however, I feel like yeah, there was enough. There were enough moments for me in this mm. film that I I really enjoyed. Um, that I felt were like you know riveting enough that I wanted to know what happened. Mm, that's um, true. You were glued to that Wikipedia. I was just page. like, I gotta, like, I gotta see what's happening. To I gotta know. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it like in terms of shining a light on a historical figure who I did not know anything about before today. Um, I think it's done a good job of that. Like it made me really Absolutely. curious about this woman and finding out a more about her. Um. Yeah, I feel like just I, I'm just so delighted when I'm expecting something mm. to be really boring and dull, and then there's there's like it, this is this is a sort of gay sex scene in there. Yeah, like I was I was I just wasn't expecting that, and I yeah. was just and then Harryo came in, like you know, <laughs> yeah. like these honestly for, these for giving moments. good Georgina and Harryo to the to the culture <laughs> to the world yeah. to the culture. Um, I think there's enough. Yeah, on the positive 
end of the balance sheet that I'm going to give this a very moderate bag. Nice. Even though, you nice. know, it's, I, it's, 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 it's a, a very, very middling, mixed film. It's a very middling film. It's just like one of those, yeah, meh. But like, yeah, we exactly. haven't, we haven't, we haven't done a meh in our scale before, uh, a lot of mehs for a while. Yeah. We've done a lot of mediocres. We've done a lot of like, uh, misunderstoods. It, yeah, there Misunderstoods you go. part of mixed bag. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is very much a mixed, mixed bag. A uh, meh, it's a yeah. meh, but it's a, just, just on the bag there, side there of a meh I, I endorse that. One bag, one biff. Yeah. It, it all comes down to you. Oh. Um, yeah, for me, I'm very much in the same kind of camp as both of you, but which side will I land on? Mm. Um, for me, it's like, it just didn't go far enough with it, uh, personally. Like, there were so many, This you're telling this wonderful story story about like who this person's kind of life is and i just liked it to go a little bit like weirder and more kind Mm. of complex and odd like you know the film that i think about when i think of this of like how uh, kind of took this kind of premise of like you know the rigidity of 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 a historical film and then like the what people are up to uh behind the scenes is like the favorite um where that one like really leans into that like fun like queer yeah like you know, lesbian mm. kind of, kind and of I would say it seems like there's more evidence for this relationship yeah. like uh between her yeah. and Bess than there was for like queen anne's relationships yeah. which is a similarly yeah. like you know you can tell from letters but it's not necessarily it's like you know you may I, as well just go all out with it exactly. i will say though it. this was made like a good 10 years before exactly. the favorite so. yeah so it's like so it's like so a, maybe if it was made now we would yeah. have gotten the whole so maybe we're it's like, like, like thank you for taking the taking the risk yeah. to include a little bit of stuff beyond just yeah. gal pals you know yeah exactly it didn't go full kind of gal pals but i it, it really is just once like it th- sorry it's not just one scene but it like leads up to that one scene and then it's essentially kind of mm. dropped and yeah. into more of a we, traditional like, like i appreciate yeah. you and it, i think also every because... time they had even the tiniest moments we were like yeah. yeah i think as well just yeah it's sort of, it, the only way that they can interpret you know this starting the relationship with the duke is that that would be a really bad betrayal for mm. for Georgina and it's like I don't I don't know if that was the case like mm. I feel like she didn't like him yeah <laughs> so yeah she did fact, it for convenience yeah, yeah. Like, it, it was a situation that worked out well for all three of them and there was one of those two people who she was very emotionally close to it was not mm. her husband yeah mm. like yeah, yeah totally and I would have loved to have seen like yeah, a more interesting um, gray and like Girl, gray boo. Yeah, and the gray. oh my god, there was one scene where we saw gray in the very back. Yeah. He was just <laughs> approaching me and James were like boo simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I want to see the Duke be more of like a horn dog because that's weird. Like, mm. uh, like it's it's it's. The, the, I would like material... to see Rafe specifically as a horn dog. The material is so so rich, full of stuff. I want to see her climb Vesuvius like it's it's is that a euphemism uh, I mean, <laughs> climb, climb that Vesuvius girl yes um that it's just not quite enough for me but there I, I wanted more scenes of like that here mm. on fire that wig that's where mm. I was it was really alive for me and that sex scene between her and Bess so it's a biff for me mm, cool all oh. right so we have just a, na- a narrow biff yeah. yeah. Well, we've had one bag, two biffs, I think. Did we biff? We biffed. We definitely biffed pirates and we bagged Anna. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, uh, got we two more. got two more. Two more, two nights. more nights um, of Kira. And we have, there's some good ones lined up. 
coming up. I mean, I don't know if they're good, but they're, they're fun. Be fun. They should be entertaining episodes. Um, we're not going to give away uh, what those are, but we are going to give away our social media platforms. Um, you can find us on Mixbag Podcast and Mixbag Pod on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter, or you can contact us at mixbagcontact at gmail.com. We don't really hear from you all that much. If you want to leave a review or send an email, that really helps the podcast get get found um and i know we do have some loyal listeners we do hear from you so um if you want to push that extra mile and just type it down that is hugely appreciated when is this coming out this is coming out very shortly like tomorrow okay well you know what there's a big show coming out yes on thursday Mm. yes uh, Would you so, guys want to uh, talk about it? James and I, uh, as you may know, run a production company, Red Scare Theatre Company, and we have a show on in this level two world. Uh, it is called White Men. It's written by Abby Howells and directed by Carrie Green, and it's on at Bats Theatre. It's a uh, satirical comedy clowning kind of, uh, it's a lot of fun show um, about, yeah, the last five men in the world uh, as the seas slowly rise around them, um, all played by a bunch of fam- fantabulous wahine comedians um yeah it's it's going to be a real fun time come check yeah. it out and if you're not uh, located in the Whanganui Atara, then you can get a live stream link um which yes. we will be uh banding about shortly i think it's going to go live very shortly so you can uh watch it from afar um and experience it get some theater in your life yeah nice well thank you for having us back it was nice to have a break yeah <laughs> and we'll be back in your ears soon but for now that's, that's a, a wrap. wrap you like those flicks come get your fix in a podcast called mixed bag